Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Happy Sunday morning. I know you've been in all week and we're still in our coronavirus uh, crisis, but I believe we're going to be coming out soon. I hope you really enjoyed worship this morning. It was totally amazing. So we, today we're going to actually stay in our Hope series, this installment. And if you've been knowing what we've been talking about, pulling the very promises of God outside the Bible and putting it in our lives. So as we go through this crisis, we're going to have to be strengthened in our faith and also in our hope in God himself. If you realize our, our, um, our uh, definition of hope has been this, Hope is anchored in God's character, and we want to have hope anchored in God's character because his God's, uh, God's character is blameless. He doesn't change his mind. Whatever he says, he does, and we can. Um, he's trustworthy. He's faithful. So well, our hope is anchored in God's faithfulness, not in anything else. And today we're going to talk about great power and, and the significance of great power through the act of prayer. How prayer is so important in our lives, especially in this time today, these times that we live in today, where we're kind of uh, isolated, feel isolated, and just things have slowed down tremendously. Really can work on our prayer life today. And really, we're going to talk, really come out of the book of James. If you know about the book, about the book of James or James himself, he's also, he was a brother of Jesus. Now, he didn't become a believer until after the resurrection. But it, what it is, he, but he became a major leader in the Jerusalem church, but he also became a major leader. He was a leader of the Jerusalem Apostolic Council, which made a, a, a great major decision from when the gospel got outside of Jerusalem and those who are Gentiles, us, was receiving the faith and receiving the salvation. Uh, they were having kickback, and he was the one that wrote a, a beautiful letter in Acts chapter 15 telling about that we can receive salvation, and this is the way we should live our lives. And it's a major breakthrough for the Gentiles in the, in the Bible. So James is a significant character in the New Testament, which is amazing. He was, James, he was Jesus's brother. And you really know about James, his book of James. He writes very plainly. I love it. It's not flowery. It's straight to the point. And today we're going to go on in James chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. James chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. He talks about prayer. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another, Pray with one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain for three and a half, three years and six months. It did not rain on the earth. Verse 18. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. Unlock in us revelation about prayer and how as we release prayer we release your power to make change to do something do things in the earth we thank you today we ask that you lead us and guide us in all truth this morning in jesus name amen and amen i don't know about you i have this habit whenever i receive a problem i try to fix it on my own here's my here's my sequence when i receive a, a problem I take, uh, I'll take out something like this, and I'll try to, try to figure out the size of that problem and try to look at it at all different angles, and then I'll put it this way, and that will give me this, they'll give me the tool, they'll show me the tools that I'll need to fix the problem. And then I will work on this problem until it's completed, and I'll be by myself, I'll keep doing it, and a lot of times, most of the time, I have to admit, I hit a wall. And when I hit the wall, I have this response. One, I guess I need to pray. Two, I get angry at myself and I get angry at God. Why didn't you show up when I had this problem? 
And then God would so softly say in his, in his, uh, in his, through his voice to me, he would say, well, you never asked me in the very beginning. See, I was using prayer as a last resort versus a first response. And I don't know about you, a lot of us can have that, can do that. And when he's talking about prayer here in, in the book of James, he's talking about our first response to everything that we do, not a last result. Because what I was doing was I was basically trying to solve the problem in my own performance, which are these verses and from his power, which is in here. And that's what I want to do today, talk about God's great power. If we use it, not our performance, but his great power. You see, and, and to give you a backdrop on this, this scripture, really just the context in verse 15, he says this, the prayer of faith is, is a, a prayer offered when you know the will of God. Basically, when you know the will of God, you'll know how to pray the will of God. You'll be able to pray the promises of God. And what are you doing? You're relying on God's power, not your performance. And when I looked at the scripture, I just gave you one point I want to share with them. We'll unpack that today. That a child of God praying the will of God will receive a powerful response from God. You remember last week I said we're children of God and we have access to God. So that's what this means. A child of God praying the will of God, that's a prayer of faith will receive a powerful response from God. The reason why I said powerful response, because most of the time when I'm doing, doing things and working in my own performance, well, God, I would ask God, he would bring the solution. It's always completely different than when I expected, because that's who he is. He's God, and he knows better than I do. So it's a powerful response, and we got to recognize our response from God when we pray. But here's the greatest thing. You know, you know your prayers matter to God, because as a child of God, you matter to God. You matter to God. And he wants to hear you pray. He wants to hear you speak to him. You know, prayer is nothing but communication between you and the Father, as we call him Father. I love this quote by Max Lucado. It says, you are never without hope because you're never without prayer. Listen to that. We're never without hope because we're never without prayer. And prayer connects with God. Let's take some time and unpack this amazing passage. In verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, that word confess, it says, confess your sins. What he's saying is, confess your faults and your offenses to one another. And you can use the scripture in Matthew 5, 23, 24, when you try to give a gift, you try to go to the offering. He says, whatever you have against your brother, go back and reconcile that. And what he was talking about here is, is fellowship. We're going to have true fellowship with God when you have fellowship with one another. And this church, he, people he was talking to, you guys need to come together. Don't get caught up on the, on the minor stuff. Really, when we come together, we need to agree together. We need to be reconciled before one another so we can truly have power, uh, have access to God in such an amazing way. What he's saying here, our faults and our offenses, really when we all confess our sins to one another, we're actually becoming vulnerable. We have to become walking in humility because we realize we don't know it all. And people, when we're walking with people, we, don't, we can't judge people and what they, their actions. We don't even know what their intent. We don't know their background unless we get to know them. And that's what he was really getting at. And what he was saying is if we would deal with our sin, we will see God work in our lives in an amazing way. If we deal with our faults with one another, 
our offenses with one another. You ever see a church come together that's not walking in offense and not walking in, in, in um, uh, walking in, in uh, discord? Pray to God and do amazing things. We saw that in Acts chapter four when the church prayed uh, for um, in the book of Acts. They prayed for Peter to get out of prison, and they came together and they prayed such a mighty way. And I tell you what, the, just the doors opened for him, and he came to the door. They didn't even recognize it was Peter. They didn't feel like, they didn't believe half of that was going to work, but it did work. But they came together in unity. You see in Acts chapter 1, when he says, go to the room, upper room, and you pray until you receive the power on high, which we'll talk about next week, the Holy Spirit, before you can do But I want you to be unified in that. Because what it is, he's talking about spiritual unity, spiritual healing. They need a spiritual healing because spiritual healing unlocks spiritual power. It unlocks it. It unlocks it in a major way. So also it says when you confess, it says this really, in the Greek it means to say the same thing. Say the same thing. I was wrong, you were wrong. To say the same thing, he's talking about unity in this passage. Unity. And when you have unity, it takes you back to Matthew 18, 19 through 20, when Jesus said this. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name in unity, I add that unity in there, there I am among them. God is not around in discord. It's a time in coronavirus. It's time for the church of Jesus. We all come together. And with one voice, and we confess, we have differences. But is it really worth separating over? Now, either any not each of them our houses or in a house of God, our house of God or other houses of God? Is it really worth separating over? Got to ask yourself that. But you also get down to second part of that script, that verse, the promise. That it says this, the promise, a prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Now, there's the unconditional promises and there's conditional promises. This is a conditional promise. <laughs> What's the conditional promise? Righteous person. Right? A person with right relationship with God. A righteous person. Only through the salvation of God. Not by your works, but by his grace. Anybody sees this? NIV says this. A prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. What it means is power to get things done. Whatever we want to get done, God wants to get them done. Power to get things done. And that is amazing when you look at that. And now you see, as we have power to get things done, you'll realize, verse 17, um, James puts his, brings a character in named Elijah. Because Elijah was just a man like us. Look what verse 17 says. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain for three years and six months. And it did not rain on earth. He didn't pray it again. And heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. You got to realize Elijah, he was a prophet from God in the midst of uh, just the, uh, the, the people, uh, people of Israel falling away from God. And he was a prophet who they say was ordinary like us. And if you read 1 Kings chapter 18 to 19, you'll see that Elijah had great highs and he had great lows. But he was an amazing guy. He with the one thing about it, he was right before God and he was obedient before God in everything that he did. He has a nature like ours. He did everything according to the word of the Lord. 
everything. Nothing he didn't shake. He did everything according to the word of the Lord. Now, it's amazing. His word, his name means this. My God is Yahweh. My God is Yahweh. Singular, not other gods. They were chasing other gods and filmed with experimenting with other gods. He said, my God is Yahweh. And what, what does God want to do with the ordinary person? He wants to do extraordinary things through an ordinary people who are righteous, right standing in his eyes. Those who are obedient, those who honor him, that's what he wants to use. We want to use us as a vessel to help others for the power of God to flow out of us. Now, if you get a chance, he says here, he prayed fervently. Now, that word fervently is an amazing word. He prayed with prayer. That's what it means. He prayed. He didn't pray with just words. He prayed the will of God. He prayed God's word. And he prayed persistently. His passion was to see the will of God worked out in others' lives. Now, when you hear fervent, a lot of people, do you think you raise your voice? But now he's talking about the passion to see God touch his nation, to turn his nation back from the, the prophet, from the um, God of Baal to the true one God himself, to God himself. He had a passion for that. We have a passion in our, in our church to see people come to the saving and loving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the gospel being shared throughout our whole city. We have a passion, so we're very, very passionate about it. That's one of the things, even we're passionate about discipleship. When you see in our, in our core values, one of our core values is discipleship. We're passionate when, in our vision. We say reach people and build community. We're passionate with that, reach people with the gospel and then build community with the gospel and not with them in the gospel and then spread out this gospel. We're passionate about that. We can get loud with but really it's our heart, desire to see God's kingdom spread and advance here on the earth in Abilene, Texas, in all the world. We love the world also. But you see, Elijah, in First uh, Kings chapter 17 through 18, I'm going to just give you a snapshot about his prayer life. In chapter 17, verse 1, Ahab is the king he was serving. Now, Ahab was evil before God. In fact, Israel in those days, they had 22 kings and none of them worked out. Ahab was worse than a lot of them. And he told uh, Ahab, basically, the Lord has sent me to tell you that it will not have rain or have dew on the earth for, um, until my word, until I say it will happen again. And he told that to Ahab. Now, amazing thing about dew, if you go in that area, in Samaria, dew is 40% of the water. So he was going against and letting them know there's going to be a famine. And that famine will stop when I say it's going to stop because I'm God Almighty. Reason why that's important, because they were serving the, the God Baal. Now, God, the, the God of Baal was known for as a sun and storm God. He defeat, they say he defeated his, his uh, enemies and he produced crops. So his whole area, like he would grow. They would have sacrifices. And I've been there in the mountain on the mountain of Carmel when he would give sacrifices, human sacrifices for the God of Baal to bring the crops and bring the land and heal the land and all those things. And here's the problem with that. He didn't, um, he wasn't them, it was God. And God was showing them, I'm going to pull myself out the equation. I'm going to have to, going to show you who the real true God is. And uh, Abraham and um, Elijah, when he gave the word, all through 17, he did amazing things. The first one, when he, when he prayed, and one, one of the greatest significant ones in Acts, in, um, I'm sorry, Acts, in uh, um, 
1 Kings 17, 22, he, a young, the widow who he gave food to, will help um, move in faith to produce food for her and her son. Her son died. And he went up, son was laid out, and he said, laid on three times and prayed, and laid on three times and prayed and asked God. Amazing thing in verse 22 in chapter 17, he said, the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he was revived. All he did was ask God, revive him. He didn't get, he didn't get worried. He just got, Lord, it's your heart and your, your, um, your will for people to be healed and, be, and walking in freedom and walking in life. And I need you to bring this child up. He has a life ahead of him. Please, Lord, whatever it takes. And that's what he did. But three times he was patient, but he was also persistent. It's very important in prayer, patience and persistence. Now, after that, in 18, you'll see in 18, chapter 1, I mean, yeah, cha uh, 18, chapter 1, you'll see that God uh, speaks to, um, to uh, Elijah again in the third year. Now, you're going to go tell Ahab, I will send rain upon the earth. But before I do that, there's some things you got to take care of. Because my people are serving the Baal, and they're caught up between two opinions. And with, <laughs> I need to let them know that I'm the one true God. I need to give them a demonstration of who I am. And he, when he went to go see the people of Israel and said, how long will you, will you dance between two opinions? If it's God is your God, serve him. If it's Baal is your God, serve him. So he called Ahab and he brought all the prophets of Baal up on the mountain. He says, what we're going to do, we're going to have, you're going um, to produce a sacrifice. You're going to take a bull, going to cut it up and put it on wood. I'm going to take a bull and, and cut it up and put it on wood. And what we're going to do, we're going to call out to the, our gods. You go first. And the one who answers, who cut, takes it and catches this thing on fire, causes the fire to burn on that, on that sacrifice and, and pulls it up. He's the one true God. Well, the, the prophets of Baal, well, they were just singing out, Baal, help us, Baal, help us. Nothing. He kept saying it was quiet and nothing was spoken. Nothing. All the way from morning, afternoon, to the evening. And they decided to cut themselves and do all these things and nothing took place. And um, I would say that Elijah was getting a little smart with them. Well, maybe he can't hear you. Why don't you call him? Well, maybe he's relieving himself. Um, he's a little busy. Maybe he's sleeping. I think he's getting a little sarcastic. <laughs> but we see that which we put, try to put our faith in outside of God won't answer us back. God, many times in the Old Testament, told them, why are you crying out to me? Go to your gods that you've been serving. Your idols to a sense of wood that hasn't answered you. In this pandemic, we're discovering who the one true God is. The things we used to depend on, we think we can have faith in. Those resources, we learn to go back to the source. And the source is God himself. It's a great lesson. I'm learning that every day. Have to depend on God for everything. And I don't mind that. It's a great learning lesson for me. Well, to keep on with the story, he did something amazing. They were in a drought. The famine was spectacular. And their water was short. So he built the altar, and he had them pour water on it three times and surround them with water. So he wet the wood and the sacrifice. He called and asked God, come down and let your people see that you are God. Let them turn back from Baal and turn back to you. So he was praying the will of God. And God came down, licked up the water, it says, 
did the sacrifice, and they said, this, this is God, we can see now, it's an amazing demonstration. They turned their lives back from Baal, and then he had wound up at the deal with the prophets, deal with the false prophets. And when he was showing them, I'm God. I am the one that raises, that bring the crops. I am the one that waters the earth. Not something you can see. You won't see, see me, but you'll know I'm there. A lot of times we want to have a God that we can see. It might be our job, it might be our personality, it might be our performance. But they were saying, he was saying, I'm gonna, you're going to be a God. I'm going to give you, I'm going to be a God that you can't see, but you can trust. So now I'm going to go on and I'm going to bring the water. So he told Ahab, go up to your castle. It's about the storm. There was nothing taking place. It said that Elijah went up on the Mount Carmel and he prayed with his head between his knees and he prayed. And he asked God to bring the rain. He sent his servant up to check to see if anything coming. He did it seven times. Talking about persistence and patience. But he knew God was going to come. He was going to make it work. Last time, he told, uh, he told the servant to let him go. Get, you need to get to where you're going, Ahab, because it's going to pour. And next thing you know, it came down. And amazing. Seven times that he prayed. But he prayed because he knew that God would bring it to pass. And if seven times, which is the persistence, but also he was patient in the answer. So you have to be patient in the divine answer. You have to learn to be patient. One thing about patience in prayer, it helps me build my soul back up. In fact, it grows my soul up, and it builds something even greater faith in me when I'm waiting for something. I don't get discouraged, but I, it's something growing in me. Right now, what we call in, that, in this pandemic, we're in the enduring phase. We went to initial phase, now we're in this enduring phase. And the enduring phase is the hardest phase where people want to give up. Don't give up, because you will have a releasing phase pretty soon. But enduring phases is hard. And that time in between that, it was endurance. And there's three things I want to unpack for you, what prayer is through this passage. Uh, prayer is a thing of power, simplicity, and confidence. Power, simplicity, and confidence. Let's look at inherent power. When prayer is exercised, its effective power is released. Power can't be released unless we exercise prayer. It's not the vessel who's praying, it's the God we're praying to, and we're praying his word, his, his word is powerful and active and living. We're praying his will. Second one is simplicity. Now, this helps me out as a man. I love things simple. <laughs> simply, he just prayed. He simply mentioned it to God. He simply had a conversation with God. He just prayed. He just asked God, all the things you see, he asked God to back up his word, to reconfirm his word. He didn't ask anything outside his word or outside his will. That's amazing. When Jesus said, not my will, God, but your will be done, and we have that in Matthew chapter 6, thy will be done, not my will. Basically, your, thy will be done as in heaven as in the earth. Not my will be done. And then the last one is he had confidence. He had confidence that the Lord will, is near him, which he was, and he hears him. See, assurance leads to confidence. When you're assured that God is with you, you have confidence to pray. And you'll see that in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. It's amazing scripture. It says this, and this is the confidence that we have, that we have toward him. Who taught who? God. That we ask anything according to his will, not my word will, not my feelings, not my perception, not my performance, through his will, he hears us. And if we know he, that he hears us, 
And whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him while he's fulfilling his will. You always want to pray the will of God, the word of God, not pray how you feel. Not, and sometimes you will answer how you feel, and then you got to live with a decision that really wasn't birthed with God. Whenever you're in an emotional state, don't make any decisions. Don't try to make it work yourself. Don't make prayer your last resort. Make that your first response. Remember that. A child of God. A child of God. Praying the will of God will receive a powerful response from God. Let me say it again. Child of God, praying the will of God, will receive a powerful response from God. It's amazing. I'm going to end with a story. I think it was a few years ago, wake up about over 10 years ago, they had moved into a new house. And I had a, we had a light switch upstairs. We had two, it's a two-story house. I had a light switch or a light that went out. Well, I assumed, trying to be Bob Dylan, that it must be the light receptacle up in the ceiling. So I decided to climb up, and I'll check the ceiling light and, and change it and fix it. Well, when I got up on the ladder, all I know, I felt this slow motion. This is not going to work. The ladder broke loose from the wall. I fell, fell through halfway through the kitchen, smashed my ribs, smashed my foot. And this was on, this is during the holidays, being trying to be Bob Vila. Ambulance first responders show up, rushed me down to uh, Abilene Regional. Amazing thing, church showed up. Church showed up in the, in the waiting room. I'm there, uh, rib is sticking out, my foot is broken. That was, that was a diagnosis of the EMTs. Uh, I had people from England that were online, were praying. They started praying. My wife, and it was Pastor Jimmy in the room by myself before the doctors came in. They prayed over me. And I kid you not, my rib wasn't stuck out anymore. It went in, in my foot. All they said was bruised. When the doctor came in, he was already set to give me a cast, and he was already set to have maybe do surgery on my rib. He said, all I see is two bruises. I knew it was, I know it was broken. What happened was they prayed the will of God. They were children of God. The church prayed together in unity. And God released a powerful response. And I was healed in that moment. Was I bruised? Yes. But a lot of things take place. Do you know what the problem was with my light? The destruction company came and they fixed everything for free. And I became a, a great story. I became a, a lunch story. But the guy went up in the roof trying to do his own thing. The light switch, one of the wires was out was broken off. That would have stopped. <laughs> and when I'd ask God, give me wisdom, he probably would have said, call an electrician. If I would make prayer my first response versus my performance, I probably wouldn't have wound up in the hospital. But it was a demonstration of God's power because of the healing that took place. What about you? Is prayer your last resort? Or your first response. You gotta realize you're a child of God. 
and the will of God is in our hands. I started with this, my performance. He wants us to start with this, pray his will, pray his word, so he can give you a powerful response. My powerful response I received was healing, because prayer works. That's why it's called great power, but it cannot be released, as James said, unless it's prayed. Unless it's prayed. During this time, we have time to do a lot of things. Extra time. Don't look at it like I'm trapped. Look down. I have time to really talk to my father. Have a conversation with him daily before I get up. Next week, we'll talk about how we can pause before we go. It's a great time to get in the word, get those promises, pray those promises, and watch God give you a powerful response because his promises are his will. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your amazing people. Thank you for your word, the truth. I thank you for the demonstration that's written in your word. Let's go through your word and see every promise comes to pass. And our prayer is that we pray your word is powerful because your word is powerful. You're powerful. You're all powerful, all knowing. You know all things. We can gain wisdom, everything from you. I pray for everyone here this week that might be in that enduring phase. I pray, Lord, you strengthen them in this time. Let them know there's going to be a releasing stage. But, Father, in this enduring stage, no time, no seasons wasted. Let us dive more into your word. Let us dive more into your will. And let us dive more into prayer so we can see a powerful response when we come, in, in, when we come out of this. And continue, Lord, to give us, uh, help us to be persistent and have patience in our prayers because it's the divine word we're trying to receive. And I thank you, Lord, it's not about our strength or our power. It's all about your strength and your power because you're amazing. We love you this morning. Continue, and I thank you, Lord, as we continue in worship this morning. I pray that you touch everyone's hearts uh, as we continue to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, I love you. We have a sermon coming up. You're going to enjoy it. See you next week.